Welcome to the Radio Plasma Podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega, and this session is going to be co-hosted by Holyoke Carroll's staff reporters. Hi, I'm Brendan Leahy. Hi, I'm Isabella Corshane. Hi, I'm Marty Keen. Today, we're going to talk about art. And our guest is a local artist that is going to be talking to us a little bit about her work, her inspiration, and an upcoming event that is going to be an interesting combination of art and food. I want to welcome to the Radio Plasma podcast, artist Christina Gusek. Hello, how are you? Hi, Christina. Thank you for accepting this invitation, especially to share a little bit about your work and your inspiration, not only with our audience, but also allowing our staff reporters from Holyoke Herald to be part of this interview. You're welcome. <laughs> so let's start by getting to know you a little bit. I know that around the circle of local artists in the Pioneer Valley, you are well known. You have been doing a lot of collaborations and your work is quite unique and singular. It is one of those styles that you immediately identify just by looking at it firsthand. And I always love that from an artist when an artist is able to create its own aesthetic and make it its own just by creating that first impression to say, yeah, that's a Christina Gusek. Thank you. I've, I've heard that before. Um, I don't try to do that. It's just my style. And uh, I realized by looking at other art from other artists that um, I do stand out a little bit. <laughs> and my subject matter has always been kind of, uh, it's not always got the most welcome, like, you know, enthusiastic welcome or whatever. But for the most part, I just do what I do because I do it. I don't really think about trying to stick out from anybody or be different or anything like that. It's just, it's what comes out when I draw it, so. What can you tell us a little bit about your story so we can have a little bit of background? Okay, well, uh, I know I've wanted to be an artist since I was very little. While most kids were in school, I was always getting bad grades because <laughs> I was always in the backyard, like playing in the grass and just, I was the oldest of three. I was just a huge daydreamer. That's all I ever did was daydream. So if you look at my, I still have my report cards from when I was little, but if you look at them, I always failed miserably in being quiet and paying attention. Um, I was always doodling and drawing and I just always knew I wanted to be an artist. So when I got older, I started going to like the local bookstores and I would see that there was galleries and there's like shows. and. I just knew like around eight or nine years old that I just wanted to do gallery shows someday or own a gallery or do stuff like that. And fast forward to 1999, I didn't actually start doing that until many, many years later. Even though I always continued to draw and continued to be involved with art, I didn't actually do my first show until, well, I didn't do my first show until 2004 but in 1999 is when I moved to Atlanta and that was like a huge like change for me because I grew up in Agawam, which isn't far from here. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Agawam other than Six Flags. <laughs> it's very quiet there. 
And uh, I just knew that I wanted mo something more than Agawam. And no disrespect towards Agawam, I just wanted more culture, I wanted more art, and Atlanta it was. And uh, uh, that was a great move, perfect move for me as far as a decision that I made in my life because it changed me as an artist, huge. Uh, I met a lot of other artists and it just did my first show and then after that I just took off. So I've just continuously since 2004 been hitting it pretty hard. So, Well, when you moved to Atlanta, how did that change your perspective on not only art but life as like just being in a bigger place? How did that change you? Um, it was, uh, well, first of all, I don't know if you guys have ever been down south. It's very different than here. Um, it was a major culture shock for me because, you know, we're in a blue state and it's very red down there. And my first place I lived was a place called Snellville. So you can imagine by the name of that, that, that sounds very like outside of Atlanta. And it was. So I experienced that kind of life. And I realized, you know, after a few years of living that way, that I was like, I, I want to live in the city. So I ended up moving into the city. And uh, the culture, the art, the galleries, the food, the people I met when I was there, just all different nationalities, just all my friends are from different places around the world. And uh, I was like, yeah, I like this. This is, this is like, it's just, it was, I don't know. I just, I, I like culture and diversity. And uh, Atlanta really gave that to me, huge. And street art, which I'm also a huge fan of, yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I remember uh, an interaction that we had online thanks to a um, small video that I did in Atlanta. Yes. The bridge Prog with the graffiti. Street. Yeah. yeah. That became one of the main points that I wanted to see the yes. last time I was there because I never had the chance to see it. And I was just thinking when I saw that space, how awesome it will be to have something like that here. Here. Thank you. Yes. I, uh, I just did a show in March in East Hampton. And it was at Sone Lab, and it was a group show. And the two coordinators for the city, and I hope I'm not, you know, screwing their titles up too much, but they approached me, and they were talking about trying to bring our two communities together as far as East Hampton and Holyoke because they see the potential in Holyoke like I do, and that's why I'm here. The thing I told them is I said, you know, I know you're talking about doing this, I know you're talking about doing that. I said, well, I'm going to tell you straight up. If, if Holyoke wants to get art in this city, we need to start being more open to street art. We've got the wall space for it. I mean, we've got the kids here that could help out with murals, and I just think that that would be huge for this city. It would bring, definitely, I know that there's been this, people are trying to get more people to, you know, invest in the city, and I just, people will actually go to cities. I just went to Chattanooga recently. Great street art there. Great street art. But 10 years ago, it was kind of in a same situation as Holyoke was. And they started really opening the doors to sculpture and street art and stuff like that. And it's just what a, it's awesome. And I was like, this is what Holyoke needs, just like Atlanta. So, um, yeah, I, I wish we could see more of that here for sure. And I'm, it's in the back of my head. I, I might do something with that still. I don't know yet. We'll see. But... So you said that Atlanta being in a red state, it was a real cultural shock. Mm -hmm. When you got down there, did you um, notice a difference in how your art was perceived? Um, 
I actually have always had positive interactions with my art. I have had a few people come up to me and say, what the heck are you thinking? Or what's wrong with you? You know, stuff like that. But I'm just like, you know, whatever. It's, it's you know, I, I understand that it's not for everybody. And I get that. I've also heard the classic, I like it, but I could never hang that on my, in my living room. And I'm like, okay, well, some people will, and that's fine. You know, I know that I'm, I'm not making art to please everybody, but I, I actually had really good reception down there as an artist. I ended up meeting my mentor who recently passed away, who was one of the first members of the underground comics movement. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like Robert Crumb or Jay Lynch. Well, he was running with those guys, uh, Skip Williamson. I met him in 2004 when I did my first solo show in Atlanta, and he pretty much taught me all the ropes. I mean, everything. He helped me set up my first show. That's not how you hang it on the wall. I mean, right down to everything. And throughout the years, he pushed me. And, uh, you know, like I said, he recently passed, and that was a huge loss for me. You know, I owe him that. He was very open to letting me expand and do my thing, so. How would you say your upbringing in Aguam in, in a blue state, as you described it, how would you say that shaped your art and its message? Good question. Um, I grew up with a family, uh, especially my, my grandmother, who also passed recently, too, who were immigrants from Poland. And they, my, I was instilled as a child that you know, do what you gotta do and don't necessarily care about what people think without hurting anyone's feelings kind of deal. So, you know, being here, I always loved and accepted everybody, unless they were a jerk, you know, and then you're like, ah. But I've always tried to accept everybody and honestly, living here, I didn't really, when I tell people this, they don't believe me, but I wasn't influenced by anything. You know, like I said, when early on in school, I really didn't pay attention to anything. I didn't study. Um, I was always in the backyard laying in the grass looking at the clouds. And uh, I didn't get involved with, you know, any culture that was going on as far as art other than looking at gallery magazines. I want to be in a gallery, but I don't know if necessarily it shaped me here as much as... Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question, really. Maybe I didn't answer it right, but that's a really good question. But it's hard to explain the differences between the two states unless you've lived in both places. Uh, there's a lot of positives about here, and there's also a lot of positives about there. It would be great to take both of them and put them together. You know, they got that southern charm down there. People are really nice. I wish people here were more like that. But, um, yeah, I hope I answered your question. That was a tough one. Sorry. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what would you like your audience to take away from your art gallery? Um, my art gallery or my art in general? Well, your art in general, yeah. Well, honestly, you know, for years, my art was kind of like all over the place. That's why I said, what did you guys see? Uh, you know, I've, I've tried going down different subject matters, and I wasn't trying. It's just whatever was in my mind at the time. And probably about four or five years ago, um, my brother lives in San Francisco area, Silicon Valley area, and he's heavily involved with AI. And I went there for a visit about four years ago, and um, he brought me to a woman that was a coworker of his and to her apartment. 
and she's building AI in her second bedroom. And we walked in and uh, she's like, oh, you know, without giving too much away, but she had all these monitors set up in this bedroom. It was empty with these monitors and there was like X's and O's and texts just going up and down all on these. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And so she explained to me, she's like, oh, that's AI and it's learning right now, it's reading books. And I was like, what? And then she started explaining deeper to me about what was going on. And so then I started, like it piqued my interest. Of course, my brother works with this stuff, so I started tapping his brain. And over the years, I just became really infatuated with the future and where we're headed. I hope I'm answering your question too, but uh, that's kind of like been my main focus lately is just like technology and like where we're headed as far as the future goes. And I'm a, I try to, consider myself a pretty positive person, but I'm also, a, um, I can be pretty pessimistic. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. And, you know, I kind of lean heavier towards the uh, more uh, dystopian view of technology. And uh, so my art really kind of centers more, it leans kind of heavier towards that because based on what I've seen, what I know, and the people I've talked to, I do follow a lot of people that are heavily involved in AI and um, machine learning and all that. And I'm just like, it's scary stuff. It's really scary stuff. So did I answer your question? Yeah, okay. thank you. Okay. <laughs> Artificial intelligence, it has been, like you mentioned, a dystopian topic for many years. Yes. And just by knowing now this connection about how the future and the technology hit you and became a uh, source of inspiration, I definitely see you as a fellow cyberpunk. Oh yeah, as myself. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I was I was really curious about that part. What is the connection with the technology, the future, this way of looking at the future, and our merging of entities between the organic and the synthetic as one way of life? I I know this is gonna. I don't know how, I'm just gonna be honest. I mean, I, I don't do art because I'm trying to be a famous artist. I'm not doing art because I wanna make lots of money at it, because as we all know, unless, you know, it doesn't happen very often. Um, I almost feel like this is like a, I don't know how to explain, I'm just very driven, and I feel like I'm trying to get a message out there. Like, my art is a message. Like, these are things that could possibly happen. And I know there's like sci-fi movies and there's all that stuff too, but, I feel like my art is going a little deeper than that because I try not to make art based on fiction. Most of my art, if you look at it, if, if you look deeply at this new stuff that I've been doing, is based on some sort of article or person I've talked to or interaction I've had that involves AI, transhumanism, machine learning, automation, and it's like there's something in me that's saying you have to just keep making this stuff because I need to make people aware. What does that mean for everybody if they become aware? I don't know. Is it gonna help? I don't know. But I just have to do it. So, you know, like I said, after being in that room with that woman and seeing the machines learning, I was just like, what the heck? You know, what, what, this is going on behind closed doors and I need to like get it out there in my art. So I'm just like, now it's all I can think about. Like what's the next idea to get it on paper? Why did you choose the Holyoke Hummus Company for your art exhibit? Actually, I got asked. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I actually got asked. Chris Blair is a local artist, and I know he did a show there recently. They haven't been open very long. And I think there was another photographer that was in there recently, and he contacted me and he said, he's a big fan of my art, and he said, you know, would you be willing to put a few small pieces in? So I was like, yeah, what the heck? Because I, you know, that's just, I'm, I'm not, I, I'll put my art wherever anyone wants to see it. I'm okay with that. So uh, I went and I looked at the place because I hadn't even been in there yet. I've eaten at their food truck. And I was like, oh, this is a great space. The walls are black. My art will look really cool in here. And then um, not too long afterwards, I started noticing it was generating a little bit of buzz. You contacted me. Um, the Republican just contacted me a few days ago. They're going to do an interview. And I was like, okay, this is getting a little bigger than I thought. So I've recently decided to put much larger pieces in and kind of turned into more of like a gallery show instead of like a restaurant, you know, kind of viewing. And um, I'm happy to do it because they're a local business and, uh, you know, they're trying to get off the ground. And I live in Holyoke and I believe in Holyoke. And so I figured, what the heck, it'll be a good... It'll, it'll be a good combination, I think, so. Thank you. You're welcome. So living in a city that has a history of industry, the technology of centuries ago being innovative, bringing a lot of prosperity for this city and for the nation at some point, and now being on a second re-emerging after a time where it was sleeping late and waiting for the right time. It's like having a, a story, a cyberpunk story being written here in our local environment. Yeah, I almost feel like it's funny you say that because I was thinking about that yesterday when um, I was thinking about this stuff. And, and I thought, you know, it's kind of almost like things have fallen in place. Like maybe I need to be here right now because, you know, this city took off during the industrial age. And um, it was, a, according to my grandmother who recently passed, I mean, this was a booming place. Uh, she used to come here to get her fancy clothes from East Hampton. And um, I feel like, yes, we are entering this new phase for Holyoke. And I'm doing art that's kind of centered around another phase for humankind. So I almost feel like this is a good fit for me because I'm here while that's happening, but also while this bigger thing is happening as well, which is technology, so, yeah. So how is it for you as an artist and a futurist, a creative, but most important, a human, being here today in a room that is full of different technology gadgets for media, being interviewed by youth from our local community? It's great. You would think that being a futurist that I'd have all the latest and greatest. My phone's like five years old. <laughs> uh, I don't have like any PlayStations or anything like that. I, I have, don't even have cable at home. Um, I'm a very um, minimalist person. I have what I need and need what I have. I don't follow the latest trends as far as the newest gadgets. So when I said, oh, you know, look at this microphone, you know, I don't, I don't really understand technology as far as like user technology but I'm infatuated with that futuristic, it's, it's hard to explain. It's like, I don't go out and purchase it, but I actually am very interested in like what's coming and the things such as that. Like, like the implications and the repercussions in society as, yeah. as a way to evolve and change. Yeah, it's almost like I'm trying to 
not be part of it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I, I, I didn't get a smartphone until, like I said, I think they said this is four or five years old. That was when I finally got a smartphone, and it was because a friend of mine convinced me. He's like, you have to have a smartphone. If you're an artist, you have to have one. I used to have a flip phone, and I would have been fine with that, but, um, you know, now I've got it, and I'm addicted to it. But um, I almost feel like it, it's not about using it as much as just getting that message out there. It's like I need to put my energy and my time and my money into my art as the message as opposed to, you know, being involved in the, the next whatever place. See, I don't even know. You, you guys probably know a lot more about it than I do, <laughs> I'm sure. So... This is an interesting point of view, and it's not surprising for me, knowing that many people that are so influential for the cyberpunk movement, like writer William Gibson, mm -hmm. he is the creator of what now we perceive as artificial intelligence and virtual reality. He wrote about those topics even before any of this technology existed, and he has a minimalistic style like the one you just described, Christina. He doesn't use computers at home. He doesn't even have a personal email. It's uh, managed by someone else. Mm -hmm. So he remains pretty much offline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't, uh, I don't really know how to explain it other than that I just, I, maybe I just don't have time for that stuff. You know, I mean, I, um, I, I think that's really what it all amounts to. I mean, when I have free time, I actually work full time during the day. And uh, usually when I get home, I do my, I'm also an OCD anal person, so I have to have everything clean and everything arranged. And then as soon as that's done, I usually head right into the studio. And then I'm there for at least a few hours. I try to do a little bit every day. And I don't have, I mean, yeah, I'd get on my phone, I'm not gonna lie, and you know, I do have a laptop. But very minimum amount of time that I spend on that stuff. It's just, I've, I'm very focused that I've got to, you know, read my articles, talk to some people, find out what's going on, and then get it on paper. As, as a futurist, I'm sure you have an opinion on how social media is changing the way we interact with each other today, and I was wondering what your thoughts were on social media. I think, this is probably a generic answer, but I think social media it has its good points and its bad points. Um, you know, as someone who lived in a city two, what, a thousand, two thousand miles away, for over 10 years, I made a lot of friends. And uh, social media is great because I don't have to pick up the phone and call them. I can just go on Facebook and say, hey, look, so-and-so just had a baby or, you know, like it's nice because I, I feel like I have a personal connection with them even though, and you probably all know about this, even though I don't really have a personal connection, but I feel like I'm, I'm having that. But on the other hand, um, I think for people's psyche, it hasn't been that good. I think it's addictive. Um, I think that people tend to sometimes judge themselves because of what they see in social media, even as an artist. I mean, you know, there's times I look at art and I'm like, man, that's so good. And, you know, I, I'm like, stuff that I wouldn't have seen years ago, I can see now and I'm like, oh, that's so good. And you get a little, not jealous, but you're just like, oh, you know, that's out there. And you thought that what you were doing might have been unique. So social media opens you up to see things that you you know, regardless of what it is. I just, I guess, I just hope that, and here goes the dystopian thought again, but I just hope that social media isn't the tool that somebody, whether it's Big Brother or whatever, uses against us in the future. 
um, has social media helped you more to expose your work or has it been more by word of mouth or your friends? I have to say it has. <laughs> and there's a positive. Um, it, I mean, it has. I, I started Facebook in 2007 because my friend Skip had told me, hey, there's this new thing, you know, you got to try it. And I solely set it up just for sharing art. And honestly, that's all I pretty much do. I mean, I do post some personal things, but for the most part, I set it up strictly for art and uh, it has. I mean, I've met people. I have friends on there that aren't physical friends, that are other artists all over the world, you know, and I like their stuff, they like mine. I've been in magazines from, you know, other countries because they've seen my art. And so, yeah, it's been very beneficial for me, for sure. I mean, can't deny it. <laughs> So your exhibition is coming up on August 9th at the Holyoke Homes Company yes. in 285 High Street. And it's going to be an interesting space to see your art. Mm -hmm. Like you said, yeah, the, the, the black walls are going to make the colors stand out even more. Yes. I'd, I'd love for people to come and check it out. I'll be there. I'm going to have a merchandise table with like pins and prints and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, if anyone can't afford an original, there'll be prints there that are at a good price and um, they can eat some good food while they're there. And I guess they just got their liquor license, so that's cool. And uh, not for you guys yet. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I'd love for, you know, as many people to come as possible and check it out. And if they have any questions or, you know, want to ask me like what the story is behind my art, then I hope they feel free to come over and ask me questions. and. You know, I can tell them what I was thinking when I did it or what the whole story is behind it. So, yeah, I hope it's a good turnout. I hope you guys can make it. Um, this is a little off topic, but you said you moved from Aguam, which is in New England, to Atlanta. How how'd you feel about where were you during the Super Bowl this year? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, <laughs> as much as I hate to say this, I don't follow sports either. Um, I like my brother's very heavily involved. He's always played hockey, and my dad played hockey and everything. But I don't follow sports. I also don't do that as well. I mean, I, uh, I'm a runner, and I walk a lot, and I'm hiking, and I'm always outside being active. But I just I don't follow sports. But you're the tough question guy. i got to watch out for you. <laughs> so I can't answer that, honestly. But. So well, Christina, any, any last remarks you would like to make? No, I just want to let you know I appreciate you inviting me. Um, I, I appreciate you guys asking questions. I hope that I satisfied your whatever, your interest. Um, I hope you can make it, and I hope other people can make it as well. And um, thank you. Thank you, Christina, for sharing this time with us, sharing your, your thoughts, your inspiration, your story, especially opening up to allow our staff reporters from the Holy Herald to be part of this session. and ask you this question, some of them unexpected, and just to show that locally we have a little bit of everything. We have good art and we have good journalism. Yes. So this is our guest, Christina Gusek, and check out her work. She has a Facebook page and all this information is on our website, radioplasma.com, so you can look for the links and verify by yourself a little bit of her information, her work, and of course, to check the exhibition she's going to have at the Holyoke Homes Company on August 9th. And also I want to thank the Holyoke Herald staff reporters for their work on this session. They were 
all of them co-producers and co-hosts of this session, so I will allow them to wrap it up themselves. Thanks for having me, Johan, and thank you so much for coming and letting us ask questions and, you know, just get better at being journalists. Thank you. Thank you for letting us interview you. This is uh, my first podcast, so thank you very much. Oh, cool. Yeah, thank you for letting us put you on the spot with these <laughs> questions, and thank you, Johan, for teaching me the ways. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to do this. This is the purpose of this independent media outlet to be a space dedicated to the exchange of opinions, voices, and ideas. So this episode of the Radio Plasma podcast was produced here at the Plasma Media Lab at the Gandhara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. Our Holyoke Herald staff reporters are Mari Keen, Isabella Crochane, and Brendan Leahy. I'm Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for listening.